2: out in the woods basement system storm runner with a look at the roadways we have found a few icy spots not on the roads but in some parking lots we'll have the latest coming
3: up people living in clayton are pushing back the school district plans to buy the Calera's property why many say they don't agree with this plan
4: the search ends for a missing washington county woman where her body was discovered and what's next in this investigation Welcome back. On this Thursday, January 18th, you are watching The Power of Two at 6 a.m. I'm John Pertzborn.
3: I'm Blair Lede. Thank you for waking up with us. We're taking a live look at our roof camera, and we're going to get a check of that forecast. Meteorologist Angela Huddy on the Lakeside Renovation and Design Weather Deck. We got a chance to thaw out, and now uh, we're going to get cold again. Angela, what's happening?
0: Yeah, I think a lot of folks like me, like this morning, are spending a little bit more time outside. now. i Admittedly, it's gotten quite cold, but after our nice warm-up yesterday, a lot of folks spent a little bit of time outside, and that's what we're doing, back out here on the lakeside, renovation and design weather deck. I will not be out here again tomorrow because, like Blair was hinting at, we're about to get really cold once again, but this morning feeling a little bit better, a little more of a typical January morning. We are cloudy, we're watching for maybe a snow flurry here or there, 26 degrees or so, we're in the mid-20s area-wide, so at the bus stop this morning, do make sure you are bundled up. Winds are much lighter this morning, so that's nice to be able to say. I do think we pop above freezing again this afternoon, maybe not as warm as yesterday, but upper 30s later on. Again, more of a cloudy sky. That sun may break through from time to time. But all in all, it's kind of a a cloudy day ahead of what is going to be a major change later on tonight. That's going to come with a fast hit of some light snow, but it's also going to bring in the deep freeze once again. So we'll talk about the change in temperatures coming up a little bit later on. But we're still kind of feeling the effects of the deep freeze from earlier in the week. So let's get a check of things with the Woods Basement System Storm Runner and Meteorology Jamie Travers, this early Thursday morning.
2: Yes, well, Angela, good news continues to be that roads are fine, side roads are fine. Where we ran into a little bit of an issue was some of the parking lots, mainly in the Kirkwood area along Manchester Road and the Lindbergh area. We've had some very icy parking lots back in that area as well as icy sidewalks. So be very careful as you head out. Ah, there you go. As you head out, the door may be to uh, walk to your car, to let your dog out. Just be very careful. So we were just on Big Bend heading southward. Now we're turning left into LaCleed Station Road. So that would be it. Now we're heading in the eastward direction. And you can see even on the sides of the roads, a little bit of snowfall left in the grassy areas. But these sidewalks are dry. We also have up against the curb where we had some melting of the snow yesterday. Water puddled or pooled there a little bit of freezing freezing action in those areas. Road temperatures are cold, still well below that freezing mark. And that's also why we're concerned with this next batch of precipitation that would fall tonight. And that I think by this time tomorrow, I think we'll be seeing a few different a few different looks on the roadways than what we're having here. But the morning commute, nothing that we see that will cause any issues more. Just be careful if you're out and about walking around early on this Thursday morning. And that's what we have in the Woods Basement System, storm runner. I'm meteorologist Jamie Trappers.
0: Jamie, nothing that we can see causing issues is exactly what I'm seeing on our maps right now. So as far as our travel goes in Melville, things moving by just fine. At that 255-55 split, heading both north and southbound, once you get on to 270, things look good. Same deal for our drivers, taking 55 north, Up towards the city, drive time's uh, sitting nicely. It's going to be once you hit around Bayless where you're going to see that slowdown. Let me show you what that looks like in that northbound direction. Drive time's dropping to about 30 miles per hour. So that's going to be our slowdown there. Should you be heading on 44 in Eureka starting at the hour? We do have a lane closure between Allenton Road and Route 109. But once you hit 270, things are moving by just fine.
3: Back to you guys.
4: Well, the Clayton School Board under fire from people speaking out at a public forum. It was last night. It was against, they were speaking out against the district's potential purchase of the Calaris Shoe Company headquarters in Clayton.
3: And the Power of Two's Chris Frenier is live in Clayton with details on last night's meeting and where that possible deal stands now. Chris, good morning.
1: Blair, good morning to you. John, good morning to you as well. We are just outside the Calaris headquarters here on Maryland, not far at all from Clayton High School. This is what the Clayton School District is looking to buy for nearly $21 million. But many residents, at least at that meeting, don't want to see this go forward. Take a look at video from that special forum held by the school board last night at Wydown Middle School. Some 300 people showed up at the meeting, many of them critical of this potential purchase. We understand the school district is under contract to buy the 9.6-acre property here for $20.9 million, but they can still back out of the deal, at least for now. In a a two-and-a-half-hour meeting, residents voiced concerns about the potential expense of the project, including the impact on taxes, as well as what some call a lack of transparency surrounding this deal. The Clayton School Board President Amy Rubin says the board is trying to focus on the future needs of Clayton students and the property here can help fulfill that vision. Here are some of what one critic of the plan said and the message from Board President Rubin. We need to keep every piece of commercial property in Clayton commercial to keep the city budget intact. The school district doesn't even, where's the master plan for why you need this property?
0: It's routine that public bodies negotiate real estate transaction in closed session. We were further advised that our vision could be accomplished without any increase in our community's property taxes. So, of course, the, we all we all like that.
1: The due diligence period ends this Monday, so nothing finalized before then. And board members say they will take into consideration what was said last night at that meeting. We will see what happens now, as all of this moves forward. For now, live in Clayton, I'm Chris Fournier. Thank you so much, Chris. It is 6.06
3: right now. In the Fox Files, a missing Washington County mother is found dead in the Mark Twain National Forest. She was last seen with a sheriff's deputy more than a week ago. Fox Files investigator Mitch McCoy reports officials got a search warrant in order to find her body.
5: Good morning to you. We know a lot, but there's a lot investigators are being hesitant on sharing, rightfully so given how complex the investigation is. We have confirmed the mineral area. Major case squad executed a search warrant on a farm along Shirley School Road. It was during that search warrant, a citizen alerted them that they found Donna I's body at an adjoining property. Now, keep in mind, this is rural Washington County. Here's a map, it gives you a better perspective. We know a female sheriff's deputy dropped Donna off near Shirley School Road and a Forest Service Road on January 8th. That's after she was discharged from the hospital. The sheriff says Donna told the deputy it was her driveway. You can see where her family's actual driveway is, though. Donna, a mother and grandmother, was never seen again. A missing persons report was filed three days later, on January 11th. Donna's brother, Ronald, says she had a medical condition that limited her ability to walk and had mental health issues. He called the Fox Files to investigate the circumstances surrounding Donna's disappearance. Hours after our original story, Washington County Sheriff Zach Jacobson activated the Mineral Area Major K squad. The sheriff says he did it because of conflicting statements being made. Earlier this week, the family told me they found a critical clue about a mile or so from his driveway. This is the exact point where the bag was found right here in the middle of the road. What was in the bag? Uh, it, was, it was her clothes, um, just a little bit of her makeup. You can see bizarre circumstances. We're told an autopsy has been scheduled for Friday. Donna's family says detectives did stop by yesterday afternoon. They collected surveillance video from the property. Obviously, there's a lot of moving parts to this story. We're going to keep pushing investigators for more details throughout the day. For the Fox Files, I'm Mitch McCoy.
3: Well, police arrested a woman this week. They say a dozen people swarmed a store in Plaza Front Neck na- uh, last month, grabbed more than $40,000 worth of merchandise, and took off. Court documents reveal the grab-and-run happened December 21st at around 1230 in the afternoon. Police say 20-year-old Jamil Coben was caught on camera cutting the security cables on several clothing racks, grabbing the stuff, and then taking off. Coben turned herself into Frontenac police Tuesday. She has a $50,000 cash-only bond.
4: Yeah, Plaza Frontenac now has security with dogs. It is 6:08. St. Louis County Justice Center still working to make repairs after a frozen sprinkler had burst in the basement of the building. The chief communications officer for the county says the water knocked out a transformer that supplies power to the kitchen. The building still has water and heat is supplied because of a backup generator doing so. Emergency lights are also on with that generator as repairs are made.
3: Well, 60 Missouri corrections officers are asking Governor Mike Parson to stop the execution of an inmate on death row at the Potosi Correctional Center. Our partners at the Post-Dispatch report Brian Dorsey was convicted back in 2006 for the murders of his cousin and her husband. While in prison, Dorsey has reportedly served as the uh, barber for some officers for the past 17 years. Now, those officers are trying to get the governor to commute his sentence from death to life in prison without the possibility of parole. Dorsey is set to die by lethal injection in April. That would make him the first person to be executed in Missouri in 2024.
4: A Missouri man who spent nearly 28 years in prison until a judge determined he was wrongfully convicted. Well, that individual is now suing the city of St. Louis and eight police officers. He is 50 year old Lamar Johnson, and he says the officers framed him for a murder he did not commit. A witness to the murder of which Johnson was convicted testified he was bullied and pressured by police into naming Johnson as one of the shooters. St. Louis police have not responded to this lawsuit.